Hello, this is Ryan Chapman with Fix Your Funnel, and today I'm very excited to be talking to a gentleman who has a, a very cool company. They've been around for a while. You may even know their jingle, especially if you're out on the East Coast. Is that where you guys primarily are, Tom, is on the East Coast? Yeah, we're in the D.C. metro area, so from about uh, Baltimore down to Richmond. So today's guest is Tom Parmentier, who you've already met now. Tom, tell us a little bit about your business and what you guys do. Sure. The uh, name of our company is Express Home Buyers. We've been in business since 2003, and we are real estate investors, and we buy homes uh, directly from sellers. Uh, we uh, do a lot of advertising, uh, TV, internet, radio, and in various forms, and we have sellers that contact us directly that want to sell their home fast. We're able to make cash offers to sellers to buy their homes directly from them as is uh, in any time frame that they would want. We've bought homes in a matter of days or if uh, folks need two, three months, we are uh, very flexible uh, to, to work with sellers. That's so cool. And you know, one thing that really impressed me, Tom, about yours as business is you guys have been around for over a decade. And, you know, being around a decade is a it's a pretty big deal in small business, right? But it's a huge deal if you were in real estate the last 10 years. Because <laughs> yeah. as, as uh, I'm sure everybody is familiar, we had a rocky ride in, in real estate. And it's no different just because you're a real estate investor. It's totally different approaches almost that people were taking while things were just nosediving versus when things are going up like crazy. So it takes quite a bit of skill to keep a business going through those ups and downs. So kudos to you guys on that. That's really cool. Thank you. Now, you guys just actually got into Infusionsoft fairly recently in the game, though. So while you guys have had a successful business and, and been going for quite some time, it was, I think you said, 15 months? Yeah, I believe it was September 2013. 13? We started with Infusionsoft, and it's... Uh, you know, it's been a, a work in progress, and it's just been a huge uh, difference maker to our company, just with the abilities that you have there. So, what attracted you initially to Infusionsoft? What was the reason you got on board with them? Uh, we just uh, we looked at other options that were out there, and it just seemed like it was the best fit for a sales, or in, in my case, acquisition and marketing uh, piece in terms of being able to track and do automated follow up. Um, we used other systems before, but it just didn't have the same abilities to customize campaigns on the fly and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think uh, Campaign Builder's pretty stinking amazing <laughs> in terms of what it allows you to, to do in terms of flexibility. So now you guys do a lot of uh, television advertising. What other ways do you guys generate leads? Uh, we're also, um, we do radio, uh, direct mail, and a lot of internet advertising. We have a very, uh, we have a well-established brand, so we have a lot of people uh, that seek us out on the internet, so just different um, search engine optimization and pay-per-click advertising. And then we also do some prospecting where uh, we're on the phones. Uh, reaching out to other investors and realtors and other folks that might be a good match for us. Um, I just like to tell everybody 
Tom disclosed what his monthly budget is. And Tom, you, you're free to do that if you feel comfortable. But you should really be listening to Tom when it comes to lead generation because they invest quite a bit of money. And my experience has been, Thomas, uh, if you really want to get a great education, you just got to do something and do it over and over and over again. And if you do it at the level that you guys are doing it, um, obviously, if you got great profit margins, that helps you to be, you know, have a little bit more room to make mistakes and still survive. But you guys have a pretty good budget each month you invest in marketing. Yeah, we are. Um, but I, I would say the one thing that we're uh, trying to uh, establish is, you know, you spend this money on marketing, so you expect that the phone's going to ring and that you're going to close deals and, and things are coming in. And and, and that happens. You, you always have a couple people that you're going to reach. But trying to establish a more uh, proactive approach in our business where we're on top of people for uh, – the future as far as far as we want to build a campaign which is the cool thing with infusion software not limited in the time frame and then utilizing uh your dot your integrated dialer to use that to to reach out to folks and and just to you know have the have everything spread out so that it's just not one thing uh that we're working on um you know one thing that happens like with tv advertising when there's especially in the dc metro area you have uh when anyone's up for election or there's campaigns, I mean, you get bumped or it's too expensive to advertise. So there, there's times where it, it doesn't make sense to to be on TV or uh, you just might you know try different strategies and, and see what is providing perhaps a, a better return on your investment rather than just you know putting all the money on the TV and, and hoping things come in. Well, and that brings up another really important point too, is which is the the fact that. You, any business has to adjust to whatever the the context is at that time. And sometimes I find people that get caught in one way of doing business, right? One way of generating leads, one way of following up. And then all of a sudden something happens and they don't know how to adjust and they're like a deer in the headlights and ends up putting them out of business. So it's like super critical to be able to have that perspective that you understand, hey, things are always dynamic and changing, so I need to have multiple uh, irons in the fire in terms of lead generation methods. But you also mentioned something to me before when we were talking, before we started this interview, and that was about um, how you, what's really changed for you guys is your ability to follow up. And you even mentioned a kind of a situation where uh, a deal that you never would have had in the past came to fruition because you guys were in touch with people long term. So that kind of evens out those those ups and downs of lead gen flow, right? Yeah, you can, um, you know, like you're saying, campaign builder is such a powerful tool. We we have a campaign built to stay in touch with folks that we've uh, spoke with in the past. And this particular uh, seller, we were nowhere near uh, uh, what they wanted to sell their house for, and we had a very brief phone conversation. There wasn't a whole lot of time invested and was put into a, a nurture campaign that we built in Infusionsoft and was receiving emails uh, over the next uh, few months and got a call one day that said he got my email and we were able to uh, come to terms. And that was something without automation abilities that you have in Infusionsoft, we, we would have never been able to uh, capture that. I mean, maybe we would have gone lucky and he would have seen our commercial or looked us up on the internet and, and called us, but you certainly don't want to take that chance, want to stay in front of the people and 
and uh, make sure that you're giving yourself the best shot. If if things change or circumstances change, that they're that you're in front of them and they're contacting you. Uh, th- this kind of brings a question up for me, Tom. You guys. Um, obviously, you're using our integrated dialer, as you mentioned before. So you're, you are placing outbound phone calls. But was this guy not quite like qualified enough to receive the, the phone calls? And that's why he was on an email-only campaign. Do you guys segregate that way where people have to take certain actions before they get on the, the phone call? Or is there certain situations where you, you're using the phone versus when you're just allowing email to do the, the work? So that's a great question. In a in a perfect world, when we uh, get Infusionsoft developed uh, further, that the way that we want to, uh, we would have had him in a call campaign and email campaign. But just given resources and time constraints and the way that we had things set up, he wasn't in a call campaign. Uh, but in, in the future, we certainly are planning to come up with something where anyone who has equity. Uh, in their house, uh, no matter what they tell us, and no matter how many times that we speak with them, that we're going to continue to, you know, follow up with them and at least give them a, you know, a courtesy call every once in a while just to check in and, and see how things are going. There's a real old video with Scott Martineau where he's t- he brings up this statistic that, you know, I brought up many times before, especially because, as you know, our background is we, we worked with um, real estate agents back in 2007 to 2011. And with that work, we talked about the fact that most sales don't happen until the fifth at the earliest touch. And usually around the 12th touch is when most sales occur. So there's got to be this number of touches that occur. But for most people, follow-up dies at two, maybe three touches if you're lucky. Yeah, most sales are made between the fifth and the 12th touch. So not, not being in a position where you can be having that interaction with people is huge. Now... I want to go a little deeper into this, Thomas, get your response to that, which is when we say touches, often people think, okay, well, a touch is we sent them something. But a touch really isn't that, is it, Tom? It's it's getting a, a communication with so, them. Yeah, so, it's got to be an interaction of some sort, right? And, and at least with, and with our business, too, it kind of starts with they've contacted us. Mm-hmm. And maybe they submit their information to us on the web. So first, we just gotta get them on the phone and confirm their information. Uh, or you know, sometimes people don't want to you know speak on the phone. So maybe there'll be a series of emails. But obviously, we always want to try to talk to someone on the phone if we can. So that I wouldn't even include that in the you know the the touches. That's just getting someone on the phone. And sometimes that might take. You know, that's seven to 12 touches just to get them on the phone to confirm their information and see if there's uh, a situation that will work for both parties. So after that fact, yeah, you're always going to have that person who's ready to go because they've done their research and they know who you are, they know what they want, and things just line up. But a lot of times it's just calling them again, calling them again, and just staying on in front of them and and helping them realize that you can solve their problem, that, you know, you are a viable solution and that, uh, you know, that, that we're here to help and that it might take them, you know, four, five, six, ten, twelve phone calls, even more, um, until they, uh, you know, make that decision. I, I have some people that I've, I've probably called 20 or 30 times over the last year because it's, it's a great opportunity 
uh, you know, they're kind of telling me, hey, I need a little bit more time. I need a little bit more time. And I'm just going to keep following up with them until they tell me, hey, I'm, I'm not interested anymore. Uh, and even if that's the case, I'll probably still check in with them a couple times. Um, but there, until someone says, you know, don't contact me anymore, there's no reason to to not follow up with them. And it's been my experience since I've been with the company that it's very rarely that someone will tell you to, to stop calling them. Um, sure, someone might opt out or ask you to stop sending emails, but you know that personal touch of actually getting in contact with someone goes a long way. Well, to that end, I want to point out that in my strict opinion, when we talk about touches, it's not attempts at communication. It's actual interaction in some form. So if you leave a voicemail and they listen to it, that's a touch. If you leave a voicemail and they don't listen to it, that's not a touch. You send them an email, they don't look at it, it goes to spam or they filter it out somehow, it's not a touch. It's got to be some sort of interaction with the actual prospect to be considered a touch. So when people are planning, you're like, how can we get to that 5 to 12 range? you got to build in like these safety nets that ensure that there's actual communication that occurs. Because you know that if you call somebody and you get the voicemail and you don't leave a voicemail, did you really have any... Like, could you even count that as a as a touch at all? Because they don't even know what happened. They just see this missed call on their phone, and that's it. So even just leaving a voicemail, I, I, if it gets checked, which you don't know, I consider a touch. So when you're building them, I'm always thinking, how do I go multimedia so that I'm not dependent on just one form of communication? Because, like, for example, I hate email. And I, I don't make any qualms about discussing that frequently. I just, I hate it. And in fact, if email disappeared tomorrow, two great things would happen for me. Number one, I wouldn't have to ever check my inbox again. And number two, it wouldn't impact my business one bit because most of my business is generated actually through the phone. And I do online marketing, but I rarely even ask people for their email address unless I absolutely have to as some sort of you know marker indicator that they were interested in something. But um what, how do you feel about that, that concept of it touches until they actually interact with you in some way? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right because it, definitely a missed call. I mean, me personally, uh, you know, if I don't recognize the number and they might not remember your number or I might be calling from the dialer just because I'm getting through some calls and it, it's a number that I hadn't, you know, had them, you know, personally used with them before. Right. It, 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 you haven't talked to them, so and I mean I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't you know return every missed call that I get. So I think there has to be you know proactiveness to keep trying to do whatever you can to you know get them to to respond back to you. Well, I want uh, to share two little things with you too, and everybody listening that I heard recently. Like one of them was a guy claims that he's getting sixty-seven percent, uh, like answers on the phone when they follow what was released in the business Harvard review, uh, which is that study that said, if you call somebody within five minutes, right. That the likelihood of the sale happening goes through the roof, but every second, like after five minutes, it goes down. And what he, this guy was claiming is that he made those calls. They made a policy. And as long as they made the call within five minutes of the person, you know, opting in or whatever, they got a 67% uh, chance of getting them on the phone, which is huge because we all know if sales happen at the conversation level. Even if in your case, the person isn't ready to say yes to your offer, 
the likelihood of them either referring somebody else to you or doing business goes through the roof when they have at least one conversation with you versus if you never get a hold of them on the phone. That, that, that's a great point. And that's what's great about your dialer, the integrated dialer. You can be working on a list and then you just have uh, your new leads. You have them tagged and it goes to a post and you're calling and then boom, a new lead comes in. You don't have to be ta- paying attention to everything and you have it right there. So you're yeah. calling them right away. Our and, hot list feature. Yeah, that, that's a great feature uh, to utilize. But yeah, that's... Um, I, that's where like, we use the internal text message too. I don't know if you tried that yet, Tom, but we actually will use an internal SMS uh, to the sales... Like if we have a salesperson for a specific context, right? Uh-huh. Um, we'll send them a text message at the same time we do the the post to the hot list so that if they're not at the dialer, they're getting that text message and they can just immediately make that call. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and, and it's funny because you I I know an article that you're talking about, Ryan. I've actually read that before. And it's funny, like salespeople feel that, hey, if I don't call back right away, or if I if I do call back right away, it shows that I'm desperate or I, I don't have anything <laughs> going on. I think it's complete the opposite. Um, you know, being in this type of business, anytime that I look for a service and I don't get a response within a few minutes, I'm like, they're losing credibility. You know, yeah, the reputation by, impact is is yeah. big because how come they can't get their crap together? What's going to happen if I decide to do business with them? Yeah. Um, the other the other uh, concept that I've heard I have not used this one um, personally, but I know our salesperson does. Is if he if he gets voicemail with somebody and he knows it's a cell phone because we have the you know in our system I don't know how you guys do it, but phone five we reserve for our cell phone numbers. So if there's a phone number in phone five, uh, we know that's a cell phone. So in that case, with our new dialer um, feature with the SMS integrated right there. He'll click on SMS and he'll send him a text message saying, "Hey, this is Brian from Fix Your Funnel. You know, I just want to follow up and see, make sure you got X Y Z resource or whatever." And they found that that also is helpful for getting people to answer the phone because sometimes, like you said, they don't recognize the number, they don't want to know what it's about. Maybe they're not really great at checking their voicemail either. <laughs> so, but that text message, which is great, it jumps the all the lines. You know, it gets right onto the front of that phone. Even if they have a dumb phone, that text message comes right up at the beginning of it. And so you're getting it in front of them. At least they know, oh, okay, this is so-and-so getting back to me. And that can also increase the, the pickup rate. Um, some people even will send the, the text message a minute before they actually make the call as a way of you know, preparing the person so they can decide if they want to answer or not based on you know that. Huh. So, I mean, if they don't want to talk to you, they don't want to talk to you. And sure. I don't know about you, but I'm of the opinion, in fact, so much so that if you decide that you don't want like my emails, I just delete your email out of my thing entirely. Obviously, Infusionsoft, if you, someone opts out, will stop you from being able to send the email out. But I just delete it entirely from my database because I'm like, hey, I don't want to be messing with anybody that doesn't want what I have to say. And so same way on the phone. If somebody's like doesn't want to answer, that's totally cool. I'm not here to twist anybody's arms. You know, I may try to continue to help them want to hear from me either by changing my message in my advertising or, you know, in the in follow up in other medias. But I'm certainly not going to pester people because really we want to be doing business with people who want to do business with us, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds like I uh, I got some work to do after uh, we get off the call here to <laughs> integrate some of this. It's definitely been. Uh, 
um, we were talking before how, how there's just a lot of things that we want to do as we've seen this our follow-up system grow and yeah that's one thing that we're looking forward to implementing and, and seeing the response that we get from the text messaging because we're not utilizing that right now Tom have you seen I did a, I put out a video recently I sent it to um, you know all of our users for sure and then I put it a little bit on Facebook but I did a little video on how you determine which part of Infusionsoft you you really should be using did you get a chance to see that by chance I did I, I think I, I it was the pipes. It was like the five or ten percent of Infusionsoft that you should be using. Yeah, and I, I I draw this analogy that's actually in my book, How to Fix Your Funnel, about pipes, right? And every business, and in fact, I um, just on the podcast before this one, um, I talked with the gentleman who talked about, in his opinion, it was leads, sales, and then delivery. So he called it LSD. Uh -huh. <laughs> But he said, in his opinion, every business has at least those three pipes. And so you look at the relative production of each of those pipes, and it kind of tells you where to focus in the business. So in, have you found that in your business there's some, one thing that's really kind of stopping the flow of, of profit? Like if you guys got that one thing figured out, it would make a dramatic increase in the production of the company? Um, just selling our having a better product because we're buying our properties to fix them up and resell them so just having a a better product and having um you know more aggressive uh sales people selling our properties so it's kind of multifaceted and and that's something that we've really just been working on our business a lot the last you know few months and we've made a lot of strides on that so just um i i think those are the important things for us but at the end of the day, for us, if we're not acquiring new deals, then there's nothing to fix and there's nothing to sell. So it's just as important for us to be doing everything that we can to maintain that inventory. Yeah, so that we can keep people busy, keep things moving forward, and continue to grow. And you know, the more we grow, the better resources we can invest in. Well, I hope that wasn't a curveball, but I think that that also brings up a valid point for everybody's business, right? Is you mentioned it is the quality of your product really determines because if you get bad product you can't sell it right and then you guys don't turn over your cap capital so the quality of your product is really important but the quality of product really is determined by the leads you generate and the sales you convert because if you're getting bad properties on the front end then you've got bad product to sell and if you don't attract good product then you're left with nothing right so how do you guys deal with that that dilemma in terms of looking at your business that's uh well that's a I think it's a little bit different for us. I, I think it's important that whatever property that we buy, when we're renovating it and reselling it, that we're putting out the financially based upon how we've invested, uh, that we're creating the best possible product for that particular neighborhood or area that we're um you know, we're a, an inventory business, you know, we we pay our investors a lot of money, so we don't have the luxury of holding on to a house for a couple more months and having a, a hopeful price. So it's you know making sure that we're doing a good job uh, of, of fixing it to what the market would command for the price that we want to sell. So now to answer your question, to, to get to that, that means we just have to do a really good job on the front end of analyzing properties and making sure that we're looking at the comparables in the area and that we're you know taking everything into consideration and we're just 
taking all all the factors that um, you know th that we can uh, ascertain and coming up with the best in investment decision in our business. A lot of times, it, it is a gut decision. You just gotta you gotta make that decision because it's not like every property is different. And obviously, with the type of work that we do, we uh, uh, attract a lot of uh, sellers that are in distressed situations and distressed property. So there could be something that's particular about that property that makes it uh, a distressed property. Maybe it's, you know, has an addition that wasn't built right, or it's, uh, you know, the lot is, uh, inferior to its neighbor. So it's just doing a good job of analyzing everything and making you know, the best decision possible based upon the facts that you have. I mean, we go out, we take a look at everything and if we're not, you know, sure about something, we, we do a lot of collaboration. So we work together as a team. It's not like we're all fighting to, Hey, I got, you know, six deals this month and you only got three or anything like that. It's, you know, we're all trying to grow together. So it's a team effort. So it's a lot of collaboration on our end, on the front end. Well, so just to translate for people listening that aren't in real estate investing, which is probably most of them, <laughs> that you know, this these same concepts apply to all everybody everybody's business, which is number one, the need to be clear on what are your parameters for doing business, right? What are the things that that you're looking for, and then I think that gut response is developed over time as you have successful experiences and as you have unsuccessful experiences where you have to say, okay, look out for those things. Let's do these things. So those things kind of come over time. But in order to actually get there, I think every business has to look at what it is that they're ultimately bringing to the market. And that's basically what you guys are doing. You guys have that fixed vision in mind from the very beginning of in order for us to bring what we can bring to the market that will give us our value. We have to be aware of X, Y and Z from the very beginning. And you guys look for that from the very beginning in order to make sure you have that successful outcome. So. That's, I think, a valuable lesson for anybody's business. Tom, normally when we get to this stage of the interview, I ask um, you, what is that number one success principle that you feel has made the biggest difference in your guys' success? Um, I think for us is to not be complacent and to continue to try to innovate and improve. I mean, especially in, in today's technology world I mean it's just just trying to um, do a better job just on on all fronts of our business and, and just keeping an eye on things um, you know by no means do we have things figured out I mean we have a, a vision in, in place of what we would like to do and we feel like we're, we're taking steps now that are gonna get us there that I don't feel like uh, you know we were we were there in the past so it's um you know it's, it's exciting to see that so it's just just having that focus on the bigger picture so that when you're struggling over how am i going to build this campaign or how's fix your funnel work or you know with any of your offerings of just you don't just, get lost in that yeah just just keep moving along keep figuring stuff out and uh just keep improving um with you know finding that automation is just, I mean, it's so key. I mean, it, the more you can automate, you know, the more it allows you to, to work on the business and spend more time with your clients and have more time to, to be on the phone. So but, those are just kind of the things we're working on. 
You know, one of the things that I've noticed that goes right back to your main point you're making here is that automation, and I've heard this from multiple people. In fact, you know, Brad, who you mentioned, you're going to be going out and doing some work with Sixth Division. Brad, um, on our interview we had with him, he mentions that he really sees automation as a double-edged sword as well. So it's it's this really great thing, but it can be this terrible waste of time at the same time. If you don't have what you guys have, which is a clarity of vision, you really know where you're going and you guys are dedicated to doing it the very best you can. And because of that, then uh, automation is like this huge boost because you know exactly what you need to be doing. But if you if you don't have that first, and you try and go after the automation. Uh, I've just seen so many people get lost in it. You know, it's a pretty deep well and you can very quickly find yourself <laughs> up to your neck. <laughs> yeah, I think we've made plenty, hundreds and thousands of mistakes over the years. So we're able to just take all these mistakes that we've made and all the deals that we didn't get because we didn't follow up or we couldn't get in touch with the person. Uh, and we were just, call it lazy or just didn't have the, the drive or whatever it is to just, you know, rise above that and, and have a system built where, you know, everything's moving forward. So it's automation, not to where we don't have to do anything. It's automation to where it's making sure that we're making in contact with people and that everything's tracked and everything's followed up with and there's and nothing falls out of the loop. And, um, you know, that that's a struggle on, you know, for, you know, most salespeople is, you know, they're great at selling, but they're not great at, you know, the, the follow-up of staying in touch with, with folks. So trying to take away some of that possibility by just utilizing the technology and, and resources that we have available. Oh, that's awesome, Tom. Really appreciate your time today. I think if people were careful at listening to what you said, they were able to glean some huge lessons, especially from a company that's doing some really great stuff. So thank you again. Uh, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate and uh, appreciate your time and looking forward to seeing what else you guys come up with over the next uh, couple of years to, to help all of our businesses. <laughs> appreciate that. I'm sure it'll be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, let's go out with the band.